Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, August 31st, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor, Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? It's going well, man. Great to be here. Great to talk with you. Very excited. Long weekend in Buckeye football. What, I mean, what, what could be better? I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, good to hear your voice, my friend. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? What up, what up, what up, boys? <laughs> what's going on, man? It's like fucking Labor Day weekend. It's opening weekend of college football. I'm so stoked, I can't even tell you. Me too. Fellas, um, as we speak, Big Ten football is about to about to start uh nebraska minnesota about to kick things off i mean i'm like a kid on christmas cp right so we are here to preview number three ohio state's 2023 season opener against the unranked indiana hoosiers in bloomington this coming saturday september 2nd less than 48 hours away the line is ohio state minus 30 the over under is 59 the game is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kick on CBS. And uh, that's right, Buckeye fans, don't adjust your television sets when you hear Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call. I that's mean, crazy. It's Right? I mean, it will be interesting to have Danielson on the call, uh, you know, for an Ohio State game again. I mean, I could be yeah, wrong about this. Homer. Yeah, I mean, I think I could be wrong about this, but I believe the last time he called an Ohio State game and the last time the Buckeyes played on CBS was the 2014 season opener against Navy. That was Danielson and Vern Lundquist on the call. It's been 20 years since Danielson regularly called Ohio State games. I mean, do you guys remember? I think he called virtually every Ohio State game during that 2002 national title run. It seemed like he was the voice of the Buckeyes during that season. And as we know now, Danielson uh, has since become the voice of the SEC. He's been calling SEC games for CBS since 2006. Now, this will be the 93rd meeting between Ohio State and Indiana. The Buckeyes lead the all-time series between these two schools, 79-9 to with four ties. Are you guys glad that there are just no more ties? They just they finally have overtime. I mean, it's, ties were just awful. Anyway, I digress. Uh, now, that overall record for Ohio State, that includes a 56-14 to Ohio State blowout in Columbus last November. Now, after a promising 3-0 start to the 2022 season, which included a win over a pretty solid Illinois squad in the opener, the Hoosiers dropped eight of their last nine to finish sixth in the Big Ten East. Um, Indiana was pretty dreadful in virtually every facet last season, fellas. 110th nationally in total offense, 126th in offensive yards per play, 99th in scoring offense. I mean, ugh. And then on defense, they were just about as bad. 119th in total defense, 101st in defensive yards per play, and 120th in scoring defense. Now, according to Pick 6 Preview, the Hoosiers returned 65% of their production on offense and 72% of their production on defense, though I don't know how much we want to put into that, how much stock we want to put into that, because I've heard they have like 25 to 30 transfers out of the portal, Indiana does, which makes them a little bit of a wild card in this game. Who has more, Colorado or Indiana? <laughs> Colorado by a hair, but it's probably pretty close. I don't know, PBH? No, uh, Colorado by a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Prime. Coach Prime. Yeah. We should talk about Coach Prime. But oh, yeah. I'd love to. I love, they play you Saturday, right? Squad out. Yeah, they do. They play Saturday. Okay, great. Now, like the Buckeyes, 
Indiana had a very tight quarterback competition during fall camp. Tennessee transfer Taven Jackson, a four-star prospect out of Center Grove, Indiana, has been neck and neck with Brendan Soresby. Now, head coach Tom Allen, keeping his cards close to the vest, he said, uh, well, recently, as last week, that uh, he knows which one will start against the Buckeyes, but uh, he wouldn't reveal whether it'll be Jackson or Soresby. So a little bit of dr- drama there. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's about the only intrigue for the Hoosiers coming into this game. I mean, the outlook for the Hoosiers, both against the Buckeyes and really for the whole 2023 season, is pretty bleak. Of the four preseason publications that I looked at for this pod today, um, Athlons, Lindy's, Phil Steele, and then uh, uh, yeah, Pick 6 uh, preview was another one. Um, the I mean, none of them have uh, Indiana, I think, above like 70. I think the composite ranking of the four magazines is 76 which would make them the worst opponent on Ohio State's schedule, the worst FBS opponent on Ohio State's schedule this year. That's actually four spots lower than Rutgers. So, yikes. So, look, boys. Look. They're, worse, they're, they're, they're behind Youngstown State? That's <laughs> well, that's the, the worst of the FBS opponents. Uh, Pick 6 okay, preview. Yeah. A lot of these publications didn't look at Youngstown State and didn't have a ranking for him. But of the FBS opponents on Ohio State's schedule, Indiana, according to those four publications the worst opponent Ohio State will face this year so look man you know Indiana stinks I I think we can probably say that with with uh, you know a relative you know a high amount of confidence um, so I don't know how much time we want to devote to actually talking about them as a team so PBH I want to start with you and you know before we fire up the concernometer meter and talk about our level of concern for this game uh, I want a few thoughts from you on this game. What do you want to see from the Buckeyes on Saturday as they begin to set the tone for what we hope is a Big Ten championship and another trip to the college football playoff? Well, dude, the, the most obvious thing, right, and everyone's been talking about it ad nauseum, and it's on and on and on, is like, <laughs> who is going to be the field goal kicker, which it will be Aiden <laughs> Fields, who won out a very close battle against the USC transfer. And so that is going to be the most important and riveting thing that I'll be looking for is to make sure that young man kicks as many extra points and field goals as he possible. We are waiting with bated breath on who's going to step out there and kick the first extra point for the Buckeyes. Kickoffs, I'm very concerned on kickoffs and like not kicking the ball out of bounds and making sure that – the kicking game, because as you know, Coach Trestle always said, it's the most important facet of the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's going to be, well, yeah. Honestly, I think the most, I want to say the defense, but what are you going to learn against a team like Indiana? Probably not much. And the quarterback. Yeah, you can learn something. Well, you can, but you're not going to learn enough, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be, I, dude, Honestly, I'm just excited to watch a football game um, yeah. and the Buckeyes and uh, get ready for what's coming up for the next 14 weeks. What are you going to be wa- looking for? Are you going to be paying extra special attention to any position group or you know one side of the ball or the other? I'm going to see if Trey's going to be healthy mm-hmm. uh, and see if he can live up to the hype mm-hmm. once and for all. I think uh, I think we're going to need him. Offensive line, right? I mean, dude, yeah, there's a lot huge. of question marks with this team. And we know they're good, right? That's not a question of, you know, are, are these guys going to be legit? We know they're legit, but like we need them um, to be, you know, playoff caliber. Can they take down and 
a Georgia or an Alabama or a Michigan, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, interesting sort of subplots to it. The defense, the offensive line, mm-hmm. the field goal kicker. I mean, like, tongue in cheek, right? But it might right. matter. Right? <laughs> like if the guy puts a goddamn field goal through the the goalpost against Georgia, we actually win that game. Not that it was his fault. It wasn't his fault. Right. Um, obviously quarterback. I mean, yeah. And I'm oh, that of, small detail, that little battle. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, like I'm so fucking tired of that subject it's it's kind of driving me crazy um like the buckeye cartoon show about quarterback um <laughs> because really what it's going to come down to is either we have two really good quarterbacks or no quarterback i'm sure it's probably you know the latter or the former not the latter or however that goes yep I'm, i don't want to even want to talk about it because it's been so talked about ad nauseum of course it's going to be really important but i would say it's probably you could make an argument, and I think I said this on the last time we talked, it could be the third most important variable versus offensive line and no big place on the defense. Yeah. So no. that would be my top two. I, I, yeah. I, I think I agree with you on that. CP, how about you? What are you going to be watching, paying special close attention to in this game? Well, you know what? I want to see how, I mean, number one, our offensive line executes. Yes. And, you know, regardless of who, like, who we're playing it it doesn't matter like i i don't want it to be like one of those oh we're just playing down to their level no right about that i want to come out i want to like no you know offensive line penalties like this is i'll be happy like i want to see that unit be solid and then from there the the least thing that i'm worried about if is the quarterback mm-hmm. situation that's the least thing i'm worried about um I think Trey's going to have a big, I mean, you know, from, you know, and I've said this, you know, since his freshman year, like, you know, his freshman year, like he was, could have been all American sophomore year. Yeah. Injury prone. Yeah. Huge. From everything I've watched and everything I've read, that kid has just, just dialed himself in. And I think he's like, yeah, I don't want to like go out like that. I think he's going to have a big, big year. Um, You know, we got so much depth at running back. I would, I'm excited to see uh, Evan Pryor with the uh you know passing game with him too like thrown out of the backfield yeah. over Evan Pryor and, and Trey for so that I matter you, and you still yeah. have like you know you still have um you know Mayan who like dude the, yeah I mean obviously the kid can get you yards yeah okay um you got Dallas Hayden who like, is Evan himself. Pryor even gonna get the play oh dude he's like he's gonna be the third back in I mean that's like, different what different schemes I should say like he's like Mayan yeah I mean, he's a kid. I'm actually, I agree with you. Like he came in, he was pretty big hype. Whatever. Yeah. Top 100 player. Number, like number Trey, Trey was number one. Prior was number two or two and three, whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure if he whatever. was that. Yeah. You could be right. I'm not sure if he was quite that high, but I know he was a top 100 player CP. He was pretty, the, he was the number one all purpose running back. He was. Okay. He came out. Yep, okay. For sure. Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, yeah. So that's the least I'm worried about. Um, I'm really excited and I know, you know, I gave, you guys gave me a lot of shit last year about like Knowles and benefit of the doubt, but I really believe that he like got his ass kicked last year. He like realized this is an Oklahoma state, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to, you know, adapt to the uh, talent that I had in last year, but I think the defensive line is going to be unbelievable halls back like i mean it's just and you got the defensive back sunny styles wow i'm so excited to watch that guy play yeah um 
I'm excited, dude. Yeah, I, I'm Mike with you guys. Berg. I've got a few like over unders that like before we like as we go like towards the end like okay get you guys opinions on these over unders that'd be but, fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Like basically, yeah, you know. What? I love it. It's it's Christmas in August. Uh, you know, I always I feel that way this time of year. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm going to echo pretty much everything you guys have said. I mean, aside from the completely obvious, you know, the play of McCord and or Brown, which I think all of us, all of Buckeye Nation is going to be grading on every snap. Um, I'm going to be watching the play of the offensive line. I think that's where my focus is going to start. Uh, the, in particular, the new tackles, Josh Simmons, Josh Fryer, and then the new starting center, Carson Hinsman. Now, I would expect... Tom Allen's defense to test them with multiple fronts and a lot of creative pressures. You guys remember that game back in 2020 when Allen blitzed the shit out of Justin Fields and he got to Fields in the second half of that game. That's kind of his MO. He likes to use exotic pressures, multiple fronts, and I would expect that's what we're going to see tomorrow with, you know, three new starters on the offensive line. So I'm going to be very curious to see how the offensive line holds up under those circumstances. And let's remember, you know, Josh Simmons is playing left tackle for the first time in his career. We've talked about it before on this spot. He's coming off a pretty shaky 2020. 22 at San Diego State, you know, as we've discussed, he has a lot of raw talent, but, you know, he had, he led SDSU in sacks, pressures, and penalties, but a lot of, a fair amount of positive buzz around Simmons in fall baby. camp. Yeah. Well, and there has been a fair amount of positive buzz around him during fall camp. Ohio State's betting big on Simmons, and look, we all have to hope this works out. I mean, if it doesn't, I mean, the next man in line is likely either Tegra Shabola, who's more of a natural guard than a tackle, or your guy, CP, Luke Montgomery, the true freshman. And look, yeah, dude, I'm, yeah, he's gonna see some time, man. I, I and he's he's been one young player that Ohio State has talked a ton about. I mentioned this in last Sunday's pod. He's one of those underclassmen, really, really pushing veteran players for playing time. I think he's he's gonna be a part of the two deep, no doubt about it. And you know, I hope he doesn't have to be elevated into a starting role. I hope they, you know he can just right. provide depth easy like sunday morning yeah well one thing they've been saying about montgomery is that he could be a part of that bison package where they put a running backs number on him and he comes in as an extra offensive lineman in short yardage situations but a lot of positive buzz around luke montgomery but this is an area to, to watch for sure time to do that what's that do they have to change his jersey in real time? I think that? so. I think they Does must. Does he have to wear a bison on his helmet? Like <laughs> I think that should be a rule, actually, CP. I think that should yeah. be a rule. Bison! Or put it on his helmet, right? A bison sticker? Yeah, right on the helmet, both sides. <laughs> and, and like, you should only have to put it on one side, though. You know what I mean? If you've got the, like, offensive line with a jersey after uh, number four. It feels to me like it should go right on the front. On side. Yeah, it should go right on the front, actually. Right right, right, yes. <laughs> right above the face mask. Um, I, like you, face mask? I should be a bison. That's what <laughs> and like you guys, I, I, I want to see it's how the carries down. for the running backs are going to be doled out. Uh, you know, Chad, you mentioned it. By all accounts, Trevion Henderson had a great camp. He's completely healthy. He's the clear RB1. Uh, you know, when he's talked about the running backs this season, Ryan Day has mentioned Henderson kind of in a class by himself. And all the other backs have been kind of, you know, grouped together, including Mayan Williams. Um, but look, I mean, after as well, dude. Yeah, Chip Trainum. I mean, the list goes yeah. on and on. Dallin Hayden, uh, you know, Evan, Evan Pryor. Last year, he's just like, he's like, you know, he had a great year. He stepped up when he needed to because you had injuries to like. He was you know, great when his number was called. Injuries, obviously, Trey. And yeah. So he stepped up. So he like, you know, he's been battling like for time because he like been there, done that. So. But but they so, can't all get carries. 
No, right. No. I mean, they're going to have to narrow it down to two, maybe three. And look, after last season and all the injuries in that room, I mean, Day and Alford, they have to play to their depth this year. I think it would be idiotic for them to try and, you know, turn Trey into a bell cow and give him 25 carries a game. I mean, he is not going to give you 300 carries in a season like J.K. Dobbins right. did back in 2019. You have to play to your depth. Give I, the ball to meatball in those like short yardage like situations. I personally think they should take a page out of Georgia's book and play three running backs this year. That's what Georgia does. You, you divide up the carries, give them each a third of the carries. Um, and I think also, you know, with a new starting quarterback and three new starters on the offensive line, and it's an offensive line, by the way, that'll likely be much stronger in between the tackles than on the outside. It's going to make, I think it's going to make more sense for the Buckeyes to lean on the run game this year, kind of much more like they did in 2019 and 2020, when back in 2019 and 2020, they ran the ball about 60% of the time. But if you look at the last two seasons, 2021, they were only 46% of the time. Last year, it was about 53% of the time. I, I tend to think we're going to see the run-pass kind of ratio there. I think we're going to see the rushing attempts be up closer to that 60% range this year. I, I think Ohio State is going to lean on the run game. And I know that sounds like a ridiculous proposition with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka on the roster, but... I just think it's imperative Ryan Day take advantage of the weapons and the depth in that running back room. I mean, what do you think, PVH? Am I am I out of line suggesting that? Well, it depends on the offensive line, right? I mean, the running backs are only as good as your offensive line. That's and true. It's a special, special back like a, a Zeke. or But we do have special backs, you know? We and, do. And, you know, Trey is, guess what? I mean, I'm not even going to say it because Chad's going to get upset. He's healthy <laughs> now, but... Play a game, stay healthy for 12 games, yeah. right? And that's the last thing I'm going to say about that. Uh, and you're <laughs> right. there's a ton of depth. I mean, but I thought you were going to say Mayan Henderson, right? So if you're going to pound it in the middle, then Mayan Williams, yeah, Mayan Williams, yeah, 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 isn't he your better option there? Um, but no, I, I mean, dude, there's it, there's a lot of intrigue with this, with this team coming into the season, there's a lot of question marks. But it's a high state. They're going to plug holes. They're going to plug holes with great players. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. It is going to be fun to watch. You know, the other thing that I want to see from the running backs, I want to see Trevion Henderson more involved in the passing game again. In, in his, his freshman year, he caught 27 passes for 312 yards, 11.6 yards per reception, four touchdown grabs, including one in the Michigan game. And he had the long one in the season opener against Minnesota that kind of broke that game open. Last season, only four receptions for Travion Henderson. And I know he missed a lot of games, but he was never involved in the passing attack to the extent I thought he would be. He was a completely forgotten man. And I think, look, you've got McCord and Braun playing real snaps for the first time in their careers. Give them some easy throws to Henderson. And if you want to make it Evan Pryor out of the backfield, fine. I mean, he's a gifted pass catcher out of the backfield. That's fine. But get the ball to those backs in space. Make easy throws from McCord and Brown to those guys and let those guys go make plays. And then finally, one last thing I'll mention, because I do want to echo your, your sentiments on defense, fellas. I could not be more bullish on the talent, depth, versatility, and experience of the defensive personnel this year. I mean, think about it. you got the returning core 
of that defense. A lot of returning production and star potential. Eichenberg, Tuimolo, Al Hall Jr., Lathan Ransom, Denzel Burke, that crew. But then they went into the portal and added three potential starters, three likely starters in Jihad Carter, Davison Ikbenosan, and Taiwan Malone. I mean, if none of the, if those guys don't start, they're going to play a ton. They're going to be key rotational guys. And now you've got the emergence of talented underclassmen. CPU mentioned him, Sonny Styles, Kenyatta Jackson, the defensive end, is a guy who's been they've been mentioning over and over again in fall camp. C.J. Hicks, and then how about this, fellas, Malik Hartford at free safety, the true freshman. This guy, all kinds Fantastic. of buzz around him. Almost six foot three, big hitter. Um, so I think this is going to be the best Ohio State defense we've seen since 2019. I am totally bullish on what they have their talent wise depth versatility that sort of thing now my only concern though is will jim knowles pull the right levers and push the right buttons in the biggest moments that season i want to see him do it cp i know you're in knowles corner you're very positive about it and i appreciate that i just want to see him do it better situational awareness less hubris we've heard all the right things from him this offseason he's been very self-reflective he mentioned uh, to yesterday in a, in a press conference that you know he talked about evolving as a head coach that's very important to him so he's saying all the right things i just want to see him do it you're not in a Big 12 anymore, Jim, where, you know, everyone agrees to trade 60-yard touchdowns for four quarters, right? And you're working right, with a lot more talent and experience. Egg, when we goose egg the Hoosiers, dude, will you please just, like, maybe, like, take a, a little little pressure off my my boy, Jimmy Knowles? That, just <laughs> to ease off him a little bit until, like, it? the next game? Yeah. They scored 21. Yeah. Oh, no. then, then I'm... I don't know. This is a terrible Indiana team. Why would you say that? I I, I want to see, you know, listen, they, they need to be in the single digits or low teens scoring wise in this game. I mean, this, I'm expecting, and I'll get to my score prediction, concernometer stuff and all that later, but um, I'm expecting the defense to suffocate Indiana. And I'll be very disappointed if they don't. Um, PVH, any other thoughts? I just think, I don't know. I mean, in today's college football game, I don't think you shut teams out. So, um, but I'm with you on the defense, right? Obviously, I think everybody would echo that sentiment. Yeah. Um, there's, there's just no excuse. And so let me ask you this. Let's just fast forward to the end of the season. Like, what is the barometer for the, de- the, the defense? Total defense. Like, if they're not a top eight defense, is it a failure on Jim Knowles? I would say yes to that question. I would 100%. agree with that. This is the, right. I, I would, this is like the, I mean, we've always had a lot of talent, but I tell you what, this this defense is top to bottom a very strong, sick unit. I mean, talent wise, all I the mean, pieces are there. All yes, the pieces exactly. are there at every level, and there's depth too. It's not like they yes. just have one guy. I mean, if if Eichenberg, if something happens to either Eichenberg and Chambers, uh, you know, I, I think the kids behind him, a, a C.J. Hicks. Right. Uh, you know, there's depth there. Yeah, there's like depth in the were, secondary. I've said this a couple of times. Like, there's no way they keep Hicks off the field. No way. Could be tough. So, PVH, you asked me about the benchmark, the expectations for the defense. If we fast forward to the end of the regular season, what can we say was a successful season for the defense? I've got some statistical barometers I want to share. I'm setting the benchmark for the defense. I want them to mirror or exceed what the 2017 defense did. 4.44 yards per play. Last year, they were at 5.18 yards per play. I want them under five yards, per, well under five yards per play. 
Uh, I want the rush defense at about 105 yards per game. Last year, they gave up about 121. Pass defense, uh, 195 is what they gave up in 2017 per game. Last year it was 200, so they were right about right about there. Although, you know, at the end of the season, can we really say they were an improved pass defense if you look at what Michigan and Georgia did it to them, as well as Maryland and, and Penn State? So I want to see improvement on the pass defense. Scoring defense, about 19 points per game. Last year they were at 20, 21. But where I re- the real difference is between last year and that 2017 unit, which is what I'm using as a benchmark, is the explosive plays. Last year we gave up 18 plays of 40 yards or more. Hasn't that been like the theme for the last it's like I, I don't know ter- three or four years? Only the Greg Schiano yeah, defense 10. in 2018 was worse than what oh. they gave up. In 2017 they only gave up five of those, and they only gave up uh, three plays of 50 yards or more. So, and then what uh, I always use this shorthand splash plays for sacks, tackles for loss, and takeaways. I want to see minimum 45 sacks on the season for Ohio State. I want to see 115 tackles for loss, and I want to see 24 takeaways. Last year, Ohio State only had 34 sacks, so 11 fewer. Only 86 tackles for loss and 18 takeaways. So I want to see improvements across the board in all those areas. And we're not going to go back and relitigate and cry. Man, we've had bad injuries. Um, Absolutely. Trey. The guy, again, who's been popping up a lot just today, I was like Mike Hall, dude, be healthy. Like if that dude is healthy, he's a difference maker in the interior. I totally agree. And, you know, so health is a a thing. Huge. We're not going to go back and, you know, cry about what happened before. But man, if those guys can just stay healthy, this, you know, the. Isn't it funny that like I haven't heard the word Tumalua like one time on this podcast yet? (laughs) And which is like, I mean, insane. I mean, he's going to be like, he'll be an All-American this year. And I'll tell you what, Jack Sawyer will like finally live up to his hype because I think he just got here and he's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's a beast, dude. Like, and he just, he hasn't really done much at all. He's had a couple like handful of like really good plays but i think this year is like the year that like he's gonna like show people that like this is a reason i was a five-star like recruit you know what i mean i think that there's just so many people that you mentioned you can mention on this defense from like d-line like like you know i mean it's just i i think it's i'm so stoked i I mean the talent is there i i do think I, i want the production to match the hype though Tui Moloa had that great game against Penn State. One of the greatest individual performances I've seen in a single game ever. I mean, maybe even better than anything Chase Young did in 2019. But then we didn't really hear from him after that. And Jack Sawyer was playing out of position in the Jack position last year. We've talked about that. Uh, He's heading into year three, hadn't really done much. So I want the production to match the hype. That's what I'm looking for. And then, you know, we mentioned him earlier, Kenyatta Jackson, who they think might be the most natural pass rusher of the three i think larry johnson has three starters at defensive end that he would feel good about starting so just that's all i'm asking of the defensive line i want the production to match the hype it starts with health as you've mentioned pbh you got to be healthy you got to be able to make it through 12 games and whatever you know they need to do to keep these guys healthy do it there is a little bit of depth there play to your depth on the defensive line as well but I you think got, we might get glimpses of silver bullets back this year, boys. I, really that's do. what I'm expecting. I, I'm expecting. Are we all in agreement on that? That it is top ten, top five defense territory. Anything less than that would be a disappointment. PBH, I think you're on record with that. 
Yeah, it's got to be top six. There's no reason why. Like, if there's not, if it's, I'm not going to say the injury, but I just said it. There's a fundamental problem if they're not. I mean, half those guys, I always, I always go back to how many of those guys are going to play at the next level. I don't know. You can make a pretty, probably strong case that like 10 out of 12. I mean, she, you made like 14 of those guys that are going to be rotating in at some level are going to be playing at the next level. There's zero excuse. Yeah, I mean, the, the the talent is there now. I mean, I think we could say you could give Jim Knowles a pass if you if you want. He was not working with as much talent you last year. To, you would have fired him. Oh, oh, I didn't give him a pass. No, because I felt like there was plenty enough talent there not for, for them to be historically bad at giving up. You know, look, if you were talented enough to get to heading into the fourth quarter of a college football playoff semifinal with a two-touchdown lead... I mean, they had enough talent to get to that point, heading into the fourth quarter with a two-touchdown lead against Georgia, and then suddenly they weren't okay. talented enough. I think right. I, I think part of it was I think the coaching staff put the the players in 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 you know in bad situations here and that we don't have to relitigate it. I don't want to get into it. There there were moments where Jim Knowles I think needed a little bit of help. I think he was a little bit over his skis. I think he was adjusting to the level of competition. Like you know, no, no disrespect to Oklahoma State, but you know. You can go ahead and disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I don't want to. I, I, you know, listen. I've been as hard as any any fan on Knowles, and I don't want to bore our listeners to death. Kind of, you know, uh, you know, relitigating all that. And I want to be positive heading into a new season. You've got three new additions from the transfer portal. You have young players uh, elevating their play and pushing. You know, the pushing for playing time. Guys like Kenyatta Jackson. I mentioned him before. Uh, C.J. Hicks, Sonny Styles, that crew, and health guys are healthy Mike Hall Jr so uh there's very good re- and you know add all that to a lot of returning production and potential star power the Tommy Eichenberg's the Tui Molo's I've mentioned that so a lot of reason for optimism on defense I totally agree all I right I don't think Steel Chambers will be starting at linebacker and like but by the time we get to the mid like you know mid to like end of the season i, I don't know I'm a lot of throw that out there right now but yeah you could be right i mean uh, I, I don't know i mean th- they seem to have a lot of faith in him he's played well he's a steady hand there but i do agree with you that cj hicks should see some time that they, they have to figure out some kind of a, a timeshare there you don't want to waste two years of cj hicks sitting on the bench because if he's as good as we all think he you got next year with him and then he's gone i just had a question oh so, yeah sure um because we're all just jizzing on the defense. <laughs> how, how about we lean on our D? De- I don't know how to ask the question, but maybe should we expect our defense to carry an Ohio State team through, you know, a season which honestly hasn't happened. I don't even know when, but twenty nineteen, yeah, yeah. So yes, why flip the script right with with the unknowns that we do right have with quarterback and offensive line. Let's okay, defense. You got to go win us a fucking national championship. Yes, and it's got to be more than just getting Over. off the field on third down. I'm talking about game changing, tide turning plays. I think this yeah. defense has that capability at, at every level, roster wise, bench like full like starters, all roster combined. Like, this is like we're like third like talent level like in the country like behind Georgia and Alabama. A couple of them have this like prior like you know ESPN probably like, that has us at um, three behind Alabama at one, Georgia two. Um, but like the talent is there and you know, not to switch gears here, but I'm going to tell you like this defense I'm so excited for. And McCord is just going to like, he's, 
and he's going to surprise the people. I mean, we've got more weapons on offense than I can I can remember. So hold 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 that Ohio thought. Hold that thought, CP. I want to go back to the talent because you mentioned it. The, the talent rankings. I think this is yeah. important that we bring this up. I've, I've got some stuff I want to share on that. And I'm glad you brought this up. Um, so I was listening to the podcast with Doug Maurice and, you know, uh, Austin Ward and, and Bill Landis, Birmingham, those guys. Maurice looked at the average recruiting ranking of the top 24 players on the Georgia and Ohio State rosters. These are the, the top 12 players on each side of the ball that are expected to get the most snaps for each program. Georgia's average player rating is 224. So the, high, the, the lower the number, the better. Ohio State's is 151. Significantly better than Georgia's. So the Buckeyes are significantly better in the recruiting rankings among oh, yeah. the players who are expected to carry both teams this season. And let me take that a little further. Also, according to the 24-7 sports 2023 blue chip ratio which is basically the percentage of four and five stars that make up each roster. Ohio State is second nationally, only to Alabama, with a blue-chip ratio of 85%. Georgia is third at 77%. And then you look at fellow Big Ten teams, Penn State and Michigan, they're all the way down at 13th and 14th. uh, 55% for Penn State, 54% for Michigan. And then finally, in the 24-7 team talent composite, which is a very similar measure to the blue chip ratio, Ohio State is third behind only Bama and Georgia. There's not, I don't know if there's one, um, well, Herb Street and the new dude on um, College Game Day, they both have Ohio State. Herb Street had Ohio State and Alabama in the national championship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it's, no, like everybody else, aside from that, Michigan beats our ass. Um, although, like, I think if you have like Michigan beating and us still being in the college playoff, you know, final, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But PVH, were you going to say something? Narrative out there that says Michigan is built to beat Ohio State and Ohio State is built to win a national championship. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm not quite sure how how to reconcile that, but at the end of the day. They just have to go out and do it and prove it. The off the defense has has let that team down. It's cost them national championships at least two. That was yesterday, maybe three. This is the year for the defense to win them a national championship because of the quarterback and the offensive line. Just uh, do it. Yeah, fucking do it. Making excuses do and going do it. Yeah. I think we're all in lockstep here about the defense. We, I think we're all in lockstep about all these other, you know, questions about the offense and what we're expecting to see. I think pretty much uh, very, very little, uh, very little disagreement here. So let's fire up the concernometer here. Uh, I want to get your concernometer readouts for this game. PBH, I'm going to start with you. Give me your concernometer readout. PBH stepped away. I think he went to get another shot of Patron or Don Julio. Oh, no, I had yeah, I did. Oh, there you oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's for Uncle Uzo. I'm gonna have a little shout out of tequila here. Uh what was the question? My concern amino zero zero score. Hold on, go. let's hold on. Before you get to the score, CP, give me your concern amino score. Um six. You're a six? <laughs> no. Come on. No, you know it's a zero. I always say I say a zero for playing like, no matter who we're playing. Okay, so um, you guys are both zero. Play. Yeah, zero. Okay. Flat line. All right. I'm going to go, I, of course, I always go higher, 2.5. Look, it's reasonable to expect a little wonkiness in the first half, you know, first uh, fresh out of camp, you know, new starting quarterbacks. 
uh, three new starters on the offensive line. By the way, it's also worth mentioning that Ohio State has trailed at the half in their last four season openers on the road, and that includes the last time the Buckeyes opened in Bloomington against Indiana back in 2017. Buckeyes trailed 14 to 13 at the half before pulling away 49 to 21. But I think this Indiana team might be significantly worse than that 2017 team. Um, but I am on alert for kind of a funky first half that might keep the game right close while Ohio team. State. Well, just just a little funkiness. You got new quarterbacks, new you know, three new starters on the offensive line that might keep the game close for a little bit. But over four quarters, too much talent, too much depth. I think the Buckeyes pull away and win comfortably. I'll give you guys my score prediction in a second. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to cover though. Remember, the line is 30. PBH, Uh-oh, I'm going to kick this back to you. I'm going to kick this back to you, PBH. Give me your score prediction. I already bet. We already bet that, dude. No, you make me nervous. When you, no. uh, the, the, I, I think we, it's can, a, can you ask you my happy meter My happy meter is a 10, just to watch <laughs> some football. Uh, I hope you guys took, like, you guys, like, took the, uh, the point, like, gave them the points, like, it's Please Ohio State me. minus 30, over under 59 PVH before you give us a score prediction. Minus, Ohio State minus 30, over under is 59. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to say 47 to 2. <laughs> There's that safety. Oh, <laughs> 47 to 2. I love it. CP, how about you? Um, I'm going to go, uh, let's see. I'm going to go 52 to 10. 52 to 10? Okay, I like it. Yep. Uh, I've got Ohio State 42 to 10. I, I'm, I'm going to take the under, uh, but I have Ohio State covering. Uh, heavy doses of Trevion Henderson and the Ohio State running game. Uh, while McCord I- and Brown are figuring things out, the Ohio State defense smothers the IU offense. So, Paige, to your point, does the defense carry the day i think they will we're going to see them do that several times over the course of the season i think it happens for the first time this saturday and i think the running game also gets involved in carrying the buckeyes this is what i want to see from the high state defense i want to see and i think we'll get plenty of those splash plays sacks tackles for loss some turnovers and i'm predicting a defensive score in this game i'm gonna pick six from the secondary is my prediction pbh what do you think of that I love it. I was actually just thinking if I gave you plus or minus 2.5, actually three, three of Ohio State turnovers, do you want the over or under? So these are Ohio State forcing turnovers on IU? Three. I'll take take the over. Fuck it. Why not? I'll take the over. Nice. $20. Sure. (laughs) Well, you want a little bit of that action, CP? Put your money where your mouth is, buddy. Dude, I'm like all about the D. I'm not like, no. Okay. But I do have a few like very interesting, as I mentioned earlier, over-unders. Okay. So, but are you going to take this bet from PVH? I'm taking the over. Are you taking the over, CP? Yeah, I'm taking the over. All right. And you're taking the under. you 40. Uh, Okay. All right, CP, go ahead with these over-unders, man. All right. Marvin Harrison Jr. receiving yards, 115 over-under. Under. What? I'll take okay. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Okay. Travion Henderson touchdowns two. I'll take over. the over. Okay. You're taking the under uh, PBH? Over. Okay. Oh my boy coming back to three two. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, Kyle McCord passing yards two seven five under. under. Because he's got to share snaps. Over, he's Devin Brown's going to get snaps in this game, man. I'm, I'm going over, dude. Oh, I'm, my I'm, God. He's lighting that shit up like a fucking Christmas tree in the first <laughs> half. Tommy Eichenberg tackles nine and a half. Over. Yeah. Under. Oh. Cornerback interceptions, one and a half. Over. All right. Now, this Thanks is a secondary that didn't have this. These are corners that did not have a single interception last year, but I'll take the over. Fuck it. Yes. All right. Thanks for playing, boys. <laughs> right. Every one of the did you write that down? Uh, well, it's on record. It's it, well, it's all recorded. It's, it's all recorded. Good. We'll we'll we'll. Uh, yeah, but no one listens. I'm sure one of our fans is out there listening. Oh my god, he, we he like, said under. Get on the One of the ten people that listens to this podcast will write this down for us. And Corcoran will. Secretary Treasurer Mike Corcoran will write this down, and every one of those bets are five dollars. My key. My key. <laughs> All right, fellas. Um, hey, listen, I, there's only really one other game of intrigue um, that I, we don't have to weigh in here uh, at all, but I, it's Florida State LSU. I think that's oh. Sunday night. Other than that, I think it is a little bit of kind of, you know, it's a heavy slate, a lot of games, not a ton of intrigue. Oh, by the way, right now, number 14, Utah leads Florida 7-3. to three, um, And it's three zip gophers over the Cornhuskers right now. They're uh nine minutes 39 seconds to play in the second quarter that is a vintage big 10 game right there boys three zip (laughs) (laughs) three points on the board excellent um all right listen i'm gonna let you guys go we've been at a pretty good effort we're about to coming up on an hour so far um why don't we end a a couple things z real quick sure cool with you guys it's so good to be on with you boys like First, like, I mean, one of the best days ever. First Ohio State football game. Yes. Labor Day weekend. I want to thank you for all those laborers out there. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, that's not what it's all about. But you know what I mean. You guys know. This. All those good year Let's workers. Let's go, Buckeyes. You're going to be at the game, Z, man. I'll be there. I'll yeah. We're going to hook you up with Kurt Kramer, our boy. Little props out to Kurt Kramer. He's still in a big uh, tailgate there in Bloomington. Z will hook you up with that, dude, and bring Kurt us home Kramer victory, brother. All right. Big balloons out there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll be out there representing the TSS. <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, listen, thanks so much for making the time. And we'll reconvene next week to have a look at this game and then look ahead to Youngstown State. Thanks, have a good night, Go boys. Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.